Joy seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor, and we've got another great program lined up for you. But first, let's give a great big thank you to our sponsors. When it comes to planning for your future, you want an advisor who understands your Christian values. Ameriprise Financial Advisors Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson offer financial planning based on biblical principles. They can help you plan for your goals in a way that is consistent with your faith. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson today. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 1st Street East in Park Rapids. Ameriprise Financial offers financial services without regard to religious affiliation or cultural background. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Are you currently renting your home? Give Team Aylesworth, Noemi, Harry, and Abby of Real Living First Realty a call. Trust them to help guide you through the home buying process. With interest rates as low as they are, now is a good time to take that leap into being a homeowner. The award-winning customer service team is ready to make you their priority. Call Noemi at 218-760-4689 or click the link for Team Aylesworth on the Business Impact Partner page at yourqfm.com. Make owning a home your reality today. Thank you so much, sponsors, and thanks to you for choosing to tune in today. I know God's got something for you, and I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of giggles today, a lot of great insights, because our special guest today is Teresa Coletta. Mrs. Coletta, welcome to the show. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Deb. This is just um, an exciting time for me to be here at one of my favorite programs to listen to. I'm so glad you listened to it. Well, so for those of you that don't know Mrs. Coletta, and the reason I said that is you you were a kindergarten teacher for how many years? Like 42 years right here in Bemidji, Minnesota. Oh my goodness. Well, so I'm in visualizing that right now there are probably some of your students have to be listening to this, right? I would imagine so because they're kind of all over the place. Uh, not only in Bemidji, but, you know, literally worldwide. And it's kind of exciting to be able to be in a position to see my kids uh, that I taught growing up and grow still growing up. Yeah. Well, I remember this. I'll never forget this. But, you know, of course, Steve uh, was a second grade teacher for a while. And I remember the first time one of his students graduated from high school. And yes. they write notes back to one of the teachers who's influenced them the most. Mm-hmm. And he started getting these letters. And he's like, oh, my goodness, who would have ever thought that doing he remember he used to turn his room into the rainforest. Oh, yes. And yes. he said that was one of the most profound things that all these kids remembered because they literally turned that whole classroom looked like a rainforest when you walked in and they even had the sounds. And I mean, it was crazy. But I'm sure you have had that same thing where you hear from these students who remember you from kindergarten. Oh, yes and especially being around town. And then I have also had the joy of what I call my grand students. So I've oh. had the children of some of my students uh, in many cases, and um, that's just been even an extra treat for me. Oh, that was uh, so exciting. It is. This. It's one of those things that um, uh, just assured me that I was in the right place doing the right thing. Uh, it really was a joy of mine to be a teacher. So that, I was actually curious about that. So did you know that you always wanted to be a teacher? I really kind of did. I can remember in second grade thinking, um, 
oh, I would just love to be a teacher. And um, and thinking that, thinking that. And then when I got to high school, people discouraged me. Um, they said, oh, go out and do something different or bigger or whatever. And so I thought, oh, I think I need to pick something different. And I did. And my first month at college, all I could dream about was going back and getting a second degree and how they would pull me from what uh, I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll be a nurse instead, which anybody who knows me should really laugh at that. Um, <laughs> and and I would have dreams that they would pull me and I would go down to some sunroom and I would tutor. And finally, I thought, I think you got to get a grip. You've got to be a teacher. And that also meant um, transferring and that's how I got up to Bemidji. Because really? it was so known, you actually moved to BSU for uh, for teaching? Absolutely, because um, it was known as a teacher's college, and that's what I wanted to do and be. And so up I came, and that's where I ended up staying, which is another story for another program. Well, <laughs> there, I know. I have a feeling you and I could do like eight programs together. So you have this amazing career in teaching. So before we get into the rest of the story after teaching and right. retiring, what are some of your favorite, like, we have to hear some of your favorite kindergarten stories because it's just such oh. a profound time period in people's lives. Oh, one of my favorite was the time that a little boy brought his kitten uh, in his backpack uh, to school and um, there was no working car in the family. And so um, I remember that my face must have kind of fallen when I saw that and knew, I already knew about the no car business and and um, and I looked at his face and I thought, oh, change it. So I put on my happy face and, and he brought the kitten over. And as we're chatting, I said, and what did you name it? And he said, Teresa. Their family named this kitten after Teresa. And I eventually, when there was a break in the action at school, had to drive the kitten home. And and um, I, I was just so, <laughs> so thankful Aww. that they enjoyed me enough to name their kitten after well, me. Well, yes. And, of course, I go to these deeper levels. So that was like his, it was like his cat therapy, right? Like his cat was his, right? Going, right. I mean, think about it now. We have pets that go with, with us everywhere, and that cat was going in the backpack, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yes, how honoring to, to have the kitten named after you, too. Did you have, like, a... Um, you know how some teachers have a a little, this called a rhythm or a routine or a song or a something like if somebody said, oh, you were in Mrs. Coletta's class, then you know about dot, dot, dot. What is that for you? Oh, my goodness. I would imagine um, for many, many years, I had kind of the same opening thing. And I would teach the kids when they came to visit the first verse of a song called The Big Yellow Bus. And then when they came, and I'd always tell them, we're going to sing it when you come back. And when they came back, then I taught them the other verses. It was a very simple song. But um, that was one that we often sang then at the end of our year program, too. And um, so I think a lot of people will respond to Big Yellow Bus if they remember that. Or if they had more than one child and thought, oh, my goodness, there it is again. (laughs) I also read a story that I truly love. I think that's one of the things I will always miss is I have this collection of stories that I – uh, enjoyed and it was called um, Swimmy, and I also read that on the f- opening day when kids would come to visit uh, because it's a great story about what we can do together mm-hmm. and being together. And I encourage that in my classrooms. Oh. Well, and a message that we all need, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we have been in this pandemic together. We're in transition together right now. There's so much mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. happening right now. I was curious about. Like, as you think about this time period as being this kindergarten teacher, 
it, it is a time of transition for your kids, too. Many of them, if they didn't do a preschool, they're leaving home for the first yes. time. What are some of the things that you remember about, like, just helping to smooth that transition for people? Well, um, you know, things change, certainly as you get more experience. But I began, um, oh, probably the last 10, 15 years of my career, the dress that I would wear or the outfit that I would wear for um, their orientation, I would then wear the first day of school. Oh, so it was something familiar. Yeah, and and I you know, would always usually say to them, and when you come back, we're going to sing this song, and I'm going to read you a story like I just did, you know, and we'd do a little finger play, and we're going to do that. And, and uh, we had a little CD dance thing. Used to be a record. That's how long I've done that one. <laughs> you put the vinyl on. I sure did. It's I had coming to, back. <laughs> I had to learn how to do the CD. And um, and so I tried to make things very familiar to them. And and you could even just see on that first day of school when I'd say, oh, let's do our CD. And um, uh, they would they would kind of relax because they knew what to expect. And so that was the kind of thing that I would Uh, And then I always hope that the parents would kind of think, oh, I wonder if they're singing the song. I wonder if they're, you know, doing those kind of things. Oh, I remember as a mom the first time dropping my kids off for school. It was just horrific. I think I sat in the car and just bawled. I really did. And I'm sure there's other parents out there that have done the same thing. Because I don't even think, it's not that you don't know your kids are safe. That it's, but it's sort of like you never, you know you'll never get back Yes. That little time period, like once they go, that's, I mean, that's the start of the next phase of the life. And it just doesn't, it's kind of like when your kids get done with high school, yep. you think, okay, it's never going to be the exactly the same. Even if your kids come back and live with you for a while, it is not the same as when they're in that high school time period no. because they're adults. I always laugh because I would tell parents, some of them, my worried parents too, um, I put my child on the bus drove to school and remember she was going to come to the school I was at, but I drove to school and cried all the way even though I was going to see her in probably <laughs> 20 minutes and be there. it Because it's the change. There yeah. it is. It's a change, change for us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good change. Um, but all change is hard. Good change is hard. So is not so good change. Yes. Well, and change hard is change. really the only constant. I mean, this mm-hmm. is the whole thing. We are changing all the time. Yeah. There, there, if if we're not changing, we're not doing, I mean, I hate to say it, but we're probably not here, right? Because we are constantly evolving. We're constantly transforming. And, and that's what God tells us, right? I am transforming. I mean, that's what God is doing in us each and every day. So of course, this is going to happen, right? So let's get into this next major change. So you retire 42 years, right? By the way, if if you have not been around teachers, that's a long time to be teaching. It Mm -hmm. really is. I would say the average teacher now is not doing 42 years. Oh, it's kind of hard to say. But, yeah, for that is a long time. And uh, and to always do kindergarten, too, um, they're pretty busy little folks and, um, and everything. But, yeah, um, plus I taught that in about seven different schools. Wow. So I had a lot of change. I opened and closed three kindergarten centers in the town. And so... Um, there is a change, and each center was different. Even when we returned to a same location, the personalities were totally different. The setup was different. Um, you know, I it was just change. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it was positive. You know, um, while I sometimes miss the old stuff, I still was excited for new things, and and I could say that. And I think that's kind of a learned 
thing because as we go through changes, we begin to say, oh, I did it. I made it through. And, and so then when the next change comes, we kind of take your breath away maybe for a few minutes, but then you think, okay, what do I need to do to get through this and maybe to get through it well or as well as we can? Yes. I always think about like as we build belief, we build our confidence. So each time you go through that change, you are building your confidence. You are building your belief up. And so that you actually feel like, okay, I can do this and it's going to be okay. And you also are a person who exudes positivity. So your attitude, your mindset about that, I know is, is also, also serving of you in those things. And I know that you trust God in it too. Oh, absolutely. Um, I've walked with the Lord for literally all my life, as long as I can remember, and I would suspect even then some. (laughs) But um, yeah, so I think that that really does help because I always say I don't have to go through anything alone. Right. Yes. Uh, Isn't that it, that you don't have to go through it alone? Mm -hmm. And sometimes even when I have my family and my friends and everything, they maybe still don't get the heart of mm-hmm. where I'm at or the my thoughts, but the Lord always does. Yes. Knows exactly how I'm put together and wired and exactly what I need. And so um, I, I just know that God places people and circumstances in my life to meet my needs. Yes. Yeah. And I love that you're bringing this up because so many times we look everywhere else to fill that little void or to fill that little whatever that is, right? Mm-hmm. And all we need is God. Right. <laughs> it's like right there saying, hello, I'm here. Remember me. <laughs> I would always like to say sometimes it's a, le- a little easier said than done. I need to have reminders uh, and I need to remind myself. But um, like I said, fortunately, God already knows that about me too. So um, I haven't been left hanging <laughs> Yes, uh, which I, I'm just grateful for. It doesn't mean that I haven't been hanging. I right. just haven't been left there. Right. <laughs> there is a distinction there. Yes, there yes, a, absolutely. That's a big distinction. Yeah, I, life happens to me like it does to everybody else. Yes, well, and our choice, of course, is how do we respond and, and what do right. we use for grounding. So you retire after 42 years. Now all of a sudden we have retirement and Make mm-hmm. sure I'm right on this is right before COVID hits, right? It was. It was, you know, in the spring of or summer of 2019. And so um, I had done a lot to prepare probably four or five years of going through what my fears might be, what my plans might be. Um, you know, somebody had said, don't ever retire without a plan, Teresa. And I thought as I, you know, was in prayer before the Lord and looking for things, I thought, oh, guess what? I'm not going to have a plan. The only thing I knew is my heart's desire was to do some volunteering. Oh, I wanted to travel and do some fun things too, but to volunteer. But I didn't know exactly where, and I decided I shouldn't be the one to pick. I'm just going to let God unfold it before me so I'd be in the right place. And so there I was retiring without a plan. But I also wasn't fearful because I knew God had a plan, and I just had to wait for it to unfold. And things were unfolding beautifully. Oh, my goodness. September started. I was back in some schools. I was still active in church. And I had time just to do little things for people, you know. And um, and I always loved being in the store and saying, go ahead of me. I'm retired. I have all the time in the world. And I thought, oh, my goodness, isn't that wonderful? And then you know exactly what happened. Yeah, COVID hits. COVID hit. Yeah. And um, not only that, but um, 
in January, my dad died. And um, while certainly um, he lived a long life and, and it wasn't tragic, he was in his 90s, it still was a change. And then COVID hits, and now we have to worry about my mom and the change. And good news, she's come through with flying colors. But And then all of a sudden, all my volunteer things were a change. Um, I was letting my hair go gray, and that was fine. But then you would hear, oh, volunteer during this time, unless you are over 60 or even 65, and I fit both criteria. And so now I'm really battling with, I'm old, <laughs> you know, and I uh, hadn't spent much time on that. Um, and so it hit me hard. And uh, many of my friends would say, oh, I was just designed for this. I just love being at home. And I thought, I love being at home, but it's because I like to come home. Mm-hmm. I like to be out and about. I like being with people very much. Um that I do a craft or two is fine, but that is not my love or joy. Um, and that I maybe make a good meal fine and dandy. But again, that's not my passion of any kind. It really is being out and about with people. And so it hit me very hard. And I thought, well, God, um, I said I would trust you to do this. And so now we're back at it. And I had to dig. I had to really dig into the word um, I came to the conclusion that uh, while I thought of myself as a nice, mature Christian woman, I was going to the Lord as a baby. I was desperate to hear God's word and desperate for his comfort and strength. And um, my poor Bible study group, one of them is probably rolling their eyes because they went through my prep for retirement and then I landed here. And um, I really realized I needed to call in my life, what it was doing so that I could receive that healing and receive what joy the Lord had to give me. And the good news is, is that um, it came until now I kind of think, oh, I still don't like this. You know, a little face. I'm not one that's saying I was meant for this. No way. But a real sense of peace and acceptance um, I've had now for a long time. And um, and one of the things I had to kind of laugh, um, the July that I had retired, Deb did a little thing um, on, uh, and one of the things she talked about was a life board, and I brought it here. Everybody cannot see me hold it up in the studio. But um, at one point when I was just so down in the dumps, and um, I thought, well, get out that board and just see. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Things are really happening. I wanted a deeper walk with the Lord, and I've spent a lot of time with him, and I'm blessed with that. That's what I wanted, and it was happening. Um, I wanted to have adventure, and I thought, if COVID is an adventure, nothing is. <laughs> Wasn't the kind I was thinking of, right? <laughs> no Hawaiian adventure in there, but yeah, yeah, there we go. I, I wanted to experience peace, and I was. Joy and a generous heart, and opportunities came on all those fronts, and so... I was really grateful for that. I just have to go back to that moment, these life boards. I, I remember that, and, and it was a fun experience mm-hmm. to do. And what's amazing is I sort of say, be careful what we ask for. Because when we put out something, we have no idea how God is going to give that to us. And mm-hmm. he gave it to you, not at all. I think how you Not expected it to come. Mm-hmm. And yet I remember you so profoundly say, 
I really want this deeper relationship with the Lord. Like this was one of your big retirement things. Mm -hmm. And then Vring here presents this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And of Absolutely. course, peace was one of the things that emerged from that. Yes. And that there was definitely that connection thing into it. And you even made your life board into a little folder. Like you get to even I put did. stuff in there. Yes. That's so, pretty fa- That's so teacher-like of you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I think at that time I couldn't go out for tag board. <laughs> Maybe. No, I could. I could at that time. But I just wanted to start using some of the things in my house because like so many of us, um, my cup overfloweth at home. And I need to use those things rather than add things and um, and uh, give away <laughs> things that I can do because, uh, yeah, it's uh, I've got plenty. And I thought this will be perfect place for one of those folders I brought home from school. <laughs> Absolutely. So as you were doing this, uh, digging into deeper relationship with the Lord, I know that scripture really started to take on new meaning to you. What were some of the verses that started to emerge for you that just really started like, oh, yeah, this is for me? What a challenge. Um, I I thought about that and I thought, um, for me, I don't necessarily have life verses or verses that stick unless there's a reason for that. And I would say that every day I had a little something. And um, so... When I was kind of looking for the program today, I thought, oh, my goodness. I mean, I should just page through the Bible and you can't believe what's underlined. But one of the things, one of the verses that's been with me forever, and I think about it uh, for a long time, maybe not forever, but um, it's Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. I love that cloud of witness it talks about. So therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race which is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And I think, boy, I can be content in that alone. And how wonderful to know I'm not in it alone. Mm, I love that. Mm -hmm. And you're not in it alone. We mentioned that even at the beginning of the program, just that recognition. Yeah. I love that. And then I think um, Psalms was also a place that I went to a lot, um, both before I retired and after, and maybe I'm not the only one there at all either, but um, there was one that I had um, underlined in preparation for retiring, and um, and I would go back to that again because I had a little note in my Bible. So if I was paging through it times, I'd read it and just remember, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Um, and that's Psalm sixteen fifteen. Mm. And um, yeah, so there were lots of scriptures and um, some scriptures on a daily basis come for me, and sometimes they just come for somebody else, mm-hmm. and that becomes my prayer for them. So um, I think of the scriptures very much as being alive and um, just being something, a, a way that I can communicate with God. It is a living word, 
And mm-hmm. this is like we talk about it being a living word. It is a living word. Yeah. And I think when we reframe to that, because I don't know that everybody sees it as that, but it is a living word. It applies now. Mm-hmm. And I love that you say that you don't only get scripture for you, but for other people. I think that's so important for people to know that sometimes God will speak to us. That the, the key is to not walk up to someone and say, by the way, God told me to tell you this. Like, okay, maybe we need to reframe how we're approaching right. that. Right? Because that's a pretty, you know, we need to, there's some things in that and discernment and obedience and what that looks like. Right. And, and I love that you are bringing that up. So as you look at, I'd love to hear, like, what are some of these amazing volunteer opportunities that you're getting a chance to do now? So, um, you know, as... Uh, people figured out how to do things a little more safely with COVID and, and put um, some um, protocols into place. Um, I've just started uh, the last few months at the food shelf, and I get to go there again um, this week. I also um, did some work at the uh, Watermark Art Center. And um, what a pleasure and joy that is just for the eyes and the senses. Um, And it was something that I was kind of interested in uh, being a part of. And so those are really right now my two places that are outside of, um, well, I shouldn't say that. I also have one more. I kind of think I don't ever have to go to a place because we're Zooming everything. But I'm also involved in my church um, with our vicar who is training to become a Lutheran pastor. Oh, and so um, that's been just a wonderful opportunity and um, uh, that we get to have. But again, everything is done kind of by Zoom now. So that is a, a change and something different. Mm-hmm. But equally as fulfilling to be able to just be on board and to be a part of uh, her experiences. And I think probably a lifelong friendship, I would suspect yeah. there. Oh, that's fantastic. So I know that you're obviously not traveling right now. Right. Where's your first destination after COVID? When you get the green light, where is it? Hawaii? Is it somewhere else? <laughs> Wouldn't I love that? <laughs> I, I hate to say it's probably going to be to family down in the Twin Cities where I can actually stay. This summer, my um, uh, younger daughter who still lives with me, we did several day trips, mm-hmm. you know, not staying overnight anywhere or anything. And uh, so I think being able to go down and do an overnight will be just like heavenly. <laughs> yeah. um, and then probably to some other friends, um, uh, depending on where it all happens, uh, I will go to visit maybe, could be New York, could be Texas, you know. God will lead for sure, right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it amazing how things that we just took for granted before, like a trip down to the cities for a weekend. Oh, we, yes. Right? How often have we taken that for granted? And now it's like, oh, what a blessing to be able to go down and stay overnight. Yeah. God has worked so many ways during this COVID experience. And I just yes. see him on so many levels. And and I, I love that you brought that in because I think just the fact that you're that excited to stay overnight in the Twin Cities with your family that's amazing. It is. Because yeah. you would not have said that two years ago. No. Uh, you know, I'd say, oh, I'm looking, you know, I, uh, for another trip with one of my friends. Um, when I first retired, one of my friends treated me to a trip, and she and her husband and I went out east and, you know, just had a wonderful time. And I'm very grateful for that. I think back and, mm-hmm. and think, boy, mm-hmm. I didn't know I needed that as much as I did. <laughs> for sure. Because it gives me memories. Yeah. Exactly. So as we get ready to close the show here, I would love, what advice do you have Working through joy and change, like, or what are your final thoughts you want to give to us? 
Well, um, if you are a believer, for sure, dig into the Word, because the Lord's just waiting. He's just waiting to love on you, and um, we don't have to... um, we don't have to do it ourselves. We can rely on the Lord to guide us and to show us his love and, um, and comfort. The other thing I'd say would be to kind of embrace it and look for opportunities and for, um, for the places where that joy can occur. For instance, um, I paid attention to things you said, Deb, and I now am enjoying some delicious coffee and... Saturday nights at our house is takeout night because we could. Um, and sometimes I think, oh, my goodness, I was not raised that way. You know, you wouldn't just spend that money. But, no, that's something I could do during COVID, and we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we brought some of our neighbors along with the treat, and um, and we go takeout, and we sit out in lawn chairs. Well, not nowadays, but we did. And um, just finding opportunities, and then appreciating the small things. I think that's one of the things that I take away from this season, too, is um, I don't have big things happening in my life, but I sure count my blessings every day. And they're small blessings. Other people might look at those and say, but not me. I just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the small daily blessings that always occur in my day. I am sure that there are kindergarten students from the past listening that are like, that is my Mrs. Coletta. That's her. (laughs) All right. Because I know that you saw those days with them as a blessing. They saw being with you as a blessing. They were blessing to you. And now you are blessing others through being a volunteer, being involved in community, and sharing your experience with us now about joy and change. So thank you so much for coming in. Well, thank you. It was just wonderful being here. Yeah. Well... I was so excited we could finally get this together because we've been trying, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> for sure. So, Teresa Coletta, Joy and Change, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for choosing to listen. Please remember to go out, live joy, and share joy. Live joy, share joy, shine your light to the world. This is Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.